you at home, Runt? No. You? It's Chabberley. <sighs> Who is you jabbling to, Runt? Why is you such a chatbag in the morning? Why is you not sleeping today? Because you keep me awake with your jabbling. I had a boo-boo. Oh, possibly later. Now, run! Right, I'll just have to fetch some water. No, no, no. No water. No water. So hey Michael. Hey Andrea. Are you good at balancing items while walking up a ladder? Uh no. I I, I hate ladders. I, I have a fear of heights. Why do you ask? Well, I have a second question. How are your calves and ankles? Um hmm. I wouldn't say that they're uh, you know, shaped like uh, a roll of, you know, like the roll from a, from a toilet paper, how, how smooth and cylinder they are, but, you know, pretty close to that. Well, you don't quite meet the requirements to be a butler for Her Majesty the Queen, <sighs> so I'm afraid we're going to have to pass. But I'm so classy and, and, and very regal. Eh. Eh. I mean, look, you do wear a blazer pretty well. I've seen it with my own eyes, but we need... Expert level precision on balancing and a very nice calf, not a skinny calf and a well-turned ankle. These are the set in stone requirements. But 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 as a as a as a tall boy, I know that what it takes to make make tables for for very tall guests. Well, we'll call you. All right, all right. Freelance work, I see. All right, I'm down for this. <laughs> Obviously, everyone, we're talking about Big Friendly Giant, our second roll doll foray, and how much fun it was. Good old BFG. Uh, yeah. So you know, This is my first time reading this one. So I thought it was my first time, and then reading it, I remember that I did read it when I was younger. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, I remember some of this story. And then so it brought back uh, some thoughts from my childhood. Nice. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, Roald Dahl is always fun, so he, he, he has a great way of writing, and uh, did you listen to the audiobook? Because I gotta, I gotta say, this might be, might be, might have been the, uh, the best audiobook so far. Yeah, I really like this one, and actually the, the narrator was giving me very Rubius Haggard vibes with his yeah, voice. Yeah, that's who I thought it was at first. Same, same. Oh, but yeah, it was quite excellent. Yeah, he did a great job, and then they they added like little extra like sound design in there, so like like heavy footing, so it was like pop, 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 pounding on pounding in your ears, which made me just think it was my upstairs neighbors, but it actually was the audio. Um, <laughs> but luckily, like yeah, my upstairs neighbors like to stomp real hard, and so it was kind of like I had my own like surround sound. 
Uh, love him. <laughs> and um, the narrator is David Walliams, if anyone's curious. But did, he did an amazing job. And yeah, actually, funny that you brought that up because I listened to this. And earlier in the week, I also listened to Emma. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I love me some Jane Austen. And that also had, like, very immersive sound. Like, if people were in a room with other people, there was, like, sounds of chatter in the background. There were horse Ooh. noises when people were outside. It was so cool. It was yeah. like listening to a movie. Um, excellently done. Yeah. So I, I highly recommend that. I mean, audiobooks are fun in general. And, like, just adding that little stuff just, like, pushes it up, like, a couple notches and... It's just it's just fun to like like you said get immersed in all that. So, I recommend the audiobook. So, I guess like since I I guess I'll sort of try to summarize the story for people. So we follow follow a little orphan child named Sophie, little girl. I don't know how old <laughs> she is. Probably around like eight nine years old. But she gets a she's just like waking up one night and 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 what does she see? A big giant hand. Well, I guess really like a, a giant face coming through through the window with a, with a little trumpet, and he, he and he, she sees this big face blowing the trumpet, but it makes no sound, and she's confused by that, and so am I. But the the, the face it turns and it sees Sophie, and Sophie's like, "Oh my God!" and he and the and the face is like, "Oh my God!" and so he it grabs her and it takes her off. And she she doesn't know where she's going. They they keep, it's like they're traveling for miles. And then what happens? They're in, she's in some cave or whatnot. And uh, it turns out this huge big old giant has has stolen her. And she she's scared because she thinks she's gonna get eaten. But no, turns out that this is the BFG, the big friendly giant. And he doesn't eat people, unlike all of his brethren, who all 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 nine of them. Who who like to go around eating and pe- eating folk, but no, he he he's just a little good guy, a little good guy because he's smaller than the rest of the 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 giant. He's he's the runt. He's about half the rest of their size, and so he sort of like he he can't let Maddie go back because he fears that if she goes back that she's gonna tell everyone about the giants and he can't have that because then he'd get locked up in like a zoo or or experimented on. So she's stuck with him forever, but. She sort of learns about the other giants and how mean and 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 grotesque they are, and uh, they. Uh, she also learns that 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 BFG, he 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 his his whole trumpet thing. It wasn't to make music. It was to give dreams to, to little to little ch- children, in the orphanage that she was at, and because that's something that he likes doing, and and in the, in the end it's sort of they they find out the other giants are going to go and snatch up a bunch of orphan ch- children and 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 good old the UK and uh gobble them up so they so they devise a plan to to involve the queen through through a dream to 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 believe in Sophie's tale of these giants and 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 get these giants and 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 snatch them up and then put them in a deep hole where everyone can sort of like you know look look at them like they're some sort of crazy zoo animals. And all the while, the BFG everyone celebrates him. He finally learns how to read and write. And it turns out the book that we're reading was written by him. Yeah, that's the BFG. Excellent. <laughs> so yes, excellent story. So much fun. It's. It was written in 1982, and apparently it started as a 
1975 short story by Dahl called Danny the Champion of the World. Mm -hmm. And then he expanded upon it and we got this great story. And also what's really sweet is he dedicated it to his daughter, Olivia, who died of measles encephalitis when she was seven in 1962. Yeah. Good old. Yeah. um, And yeah, the movie we watched is the 2016 Disney production directed by Steven Spielberg. So obviously I went in with some high expectations. Mm -hmm. And I have to say it was fun. Obviously, some of the changes I was not a fan of, but okay. that's okay. Some things were quite beautiful about the movie. So, like, something that the BFG does and involves Sophie with is dream catching, which is, honestly, it sounds really fun because you're just going around with a net and catching dreams to then, you know, give to children. And the way they showed this in the movie, that was so beautiful of how there's like this giant tree and it's got a lake under it. And you basically jump in the lake and yes. go into the reflection dream world version. Yes. It was stunning. Mm-hmm. I liked that a lot. And sort of, it's for some reason, I guess like when anyone jumps into puddles and goes into other places, it reminds me of uh, the magician's nephew, um, which is part of the the Chronicles of Narnia series and is probably like the best book in the entire series. And I always want that one to get turned into a movie, but yeah, I, I liked what they did with the dream sequence. Um, it was real nice. So how did you feel about the story about the movie? Let's discuss. Well, do we want to talk about the story? Um, I'll talk about the story first before we get into the film. And it's sort of, I, I, for the, about 70% of the story, I really like. And yeah. it's sort of like, this is what was a reminder when I was a kid and, and reading it. And I'm like, oh, we have this great sort of fantastical tale of a girl hanging out with this giant and like sort of, and like this giant is, is, is different. And, um, and she learns about the whole dream and the giant country and stuff and, sort of like this giant like he's very he's very uh adventurous in a way but i always felt like it was weird that they never really kind of go anywhere like uh, he has the ability to pretty much just like hop and leap anywhere in the world and they don't really go anywhere and it's pretty much just all takes place for the most part like about like i don't know 40 percent of the book is kind of takes place in his cave it then just they decide, hey, we're going to involve the queen and have a couple of silly moments here with this stuff and then sort of just pick up the rest of the giants and drop them in a place. I don't know. Like, I always I always feel like... And, and even though it's like, it, you know, they're not going anywhere crazy and stuff, it is still really good. But I always get kind of bored around the whole palace sequence like there's some funny moments in there but to me it's it's sort of like is building up in a way and then it just sort of kind of dies down to me like there's no like big climax for this story like the climax is hey we're going to involve the queen and have the army take care of things for us like i would have loved more if the giant and sophie worked together more to figure out how to stop the giants than just being like yeah we're just going to give the queen a dream and 
it's gonna just fix itself that way because now we have the army involved i don't know it's i've just always had issues with that and i also ever since i've never understood fucking fart jokes and 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 stuff um and like that plays like like in two big parts in the book and I've never really enjoyed them. Even as a kid, I never enjoyed, I never really fought, thought farts were that funny. I mean, I, it's sort of like just a thing that humans do or any sort of animal, but I don't know. I, I don't enjoy that type of stuff. Like I said, 70% of the book I enjoy, but 70% of the story I enjoy, but it's just, to me, it falls a little flat. Yeah, and that makes sense. I, given that I'm not from the UK, maybe but i can see it like i can see why if you're going to write a story for kids and you get the queen involved they're like oh that's cool that's exciting yeah and also like the book doesn't go as far as to have the queen fart but the movie does and the queen obviously is such a like dignified role that to have her openly farting <laughs> with these guests like i i can see where like the the silliness of that might make it worth it for people. I don't know. But I, I do see where you're coming from. That's why I liked Matilda so much mm-hmm. compared to this. Yes. Matilda just basically like figured it all out herself. Mm-hmm. And that was great. And in a way, Although, Sophie does too. But she still has to have have like the BFG mix these dreams together that she's saying, oh, mix this stuff together, blah, blah, blah. And, but in the end, yeah, like they just get the queen and the british army to take care of everything for them yeah i mean i don't know like maybe if they gave them a dream that this other location was really dope but then like that's the thing you're gonna run into the issue of they're still gonna eat people no matter where you send them right and i have to say i liked the book version more of putting them in this pit yeah and then people just Mm -hmm. come take pictures of them like tourists yeah and um there's this great detail in the book where basically one day three tourists like tourists do. They were being dumb and they crossed the barrier and they fell in and the giants ate them. Yeah, that's <laughs> and then, great. And then a sign was put up that says feeding the giants is prohibited. <laughs> like that's <laughs> awesome. Whereas the movie like dumps them on this island. They can't. But then I'm like, they can run across countries in like a day and allegedly they can't swim off this island yeah i it it made no sense to me um movie wise that 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 i thought was dumb so uh i don't know why why they chose that but yeah so there were really cool parts so like parts of the movie that really were fun for me like at the very beginning you have the giant the bfg like creeping around delivering dreams sees sophie snatches her and then like the scenes of him running away and like the clever ways they had him hide when mm-hmm. people were on the street those were so well done yeah that that was that, that was probably some of my favorite sequences in this entire film was the way they showed him being sneaky because in the book it's sort of like there's just like pretty much only one time we really sort of get to see him being sneaky because the other time when He's running around with Sophie. She's she can't can't see out of his pocket or whatever, and 
so we, we see these, this sequence happening in the movie and it really is great how they, how they did it. Cause in the book, it's just sort of like, she's like, she doesn't know how he does it. He's just really sneaky getting around. Like she doesn't really, it, it doesn't really explain it in the book, but the way they animated uh, the BFG was brilliant. Also, okay, can I just say, whatever, whoever's cat that is, that was at the beginning of the yeah. movie when she's at the orphanage, the best trained cat I've ever seen. Like, I love that shot of, like, Sophie's walking to bed and she's has her curtain, oh, fucking her blanket around her shoulders and the cat's just, like, standing on the blanket trailing behind her. Like, so, it was so cute. <laughs> I don't know if that was a real cat or not. That might have been CGI. Um, no way. That cat looks so good. They can do really good CGI. I mean, the other cats were CGI in the film. The ones that were in the alleyway. Yeah, but those were, like, in the dark. You know, you couldn't quite tell. Yeah. Yeah. And the giants were, like, they looked fine. But, you know, a lot of the CGI was pretty noticeable. Well, it's going to be noticeable. You can't really... It's so hard to make a main character that's completely CGI not be noticeable. I mean, like even like in Marvel films, they're some of the most fucking expensive films, and you have characters like Thanos. It looks very CGI. Like there's no way to get around it. Like it's it's impossible um, if you're gonna go the complete CGI route, which is why films that decide to do really great makeup, like Lord of the Rings and all the orcs, look fucking phenomenal to this day. Because CGI is still not to a point where it looks as good as real life. And sort of speaking on the whole BFG, there is like in the CGI, there was this um the one sequence when they're sort of when they're walking up to the dream country up at the top of the mountain, um after mm-hmm. the other giants were were uh, being extremely rude to the BFG. They're going up this mountain, and they mm-hmm. they obviously have different people working on this sequence for all the different cuts because it's going to take a fuck ton of time to to animate um, this sequence with Sophie on the BFG shoulder. Uh, the lighting on the BFG changes a lot, like the the shadows of his face keep on changing from left to right. Like in one shot, it'll be uh, the light is the light is on the right side of his face, and then in the next shot, it's it's more on the left. And also, the lighting of Sophie doesn't always match up with the BFG, and so that's a sequence to me where it, it like the CGI is very it's 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 noticeable in general, but it's it it's less immersive because the environment isn't matching the real person in the shot sophie and so it was just something that was very noticeable to me and i had to make a note of it that's interesting i didn't even see that but i have to say like most of it looks good i like the expressions on the bfg's face like they got the expression so well um he just looks looks like such a stand-up guy you know he looks like a good old fellow that I'd hang out with and listen to him sing songs on his porch while rocking in a rocking chair. Yeah. And like his home, I love the whole design of it. Like Yes. They've he sleeps on a ship. 
Like, <laughs> which is so cool. He's just got this, like, ship on the water in his place. And, like, he set her up in the crow's nest. And then, like, his whole contraptions to get to, like, the dream storage cave. And the fucking giant tree in the middle of it, which, like, she gets to sleep in. Like, how dope is that she lives in a yep. fucking tree? Um, and, like, the little dreams, the little glowy dreams are her, like, night lights. Dope. I love it. Oh, yeah. I I also love the way that the dreams looked. I know in the book, uh, you know, the dreams, you're not supposed to be able to see them until they're captured. But I think it, for a visual medium, it would be kind of obnoxious to see them sort of running around grabbing for dreams and you don't see it. Yeah. Um, so I think that was a fine change. It's not a big deal. But, they, but the way they, they designed the dreams just looked beautiful and stunning and it's where cgi can look really magnificent oh god and can i just say i'm so glad we did two roll dolls in a row because i picked up on something during this reading that they referenced in matilda the movie so obviously roll doll had a big old literary hard-on for Charles Dickens because he keeps bringing him up in every book. <laughs> What's amazing is at the end of the story, we're talking about the, the BFG's getting educated, he's learning to read and write, and he loves Charles Dickens. Mm-hmm. And in the book, they mentioned he finally stopped calling him Darl's Chickens, which is what they had Matilda do in the movie when she first talks about him to Miss Honey. Which was amazing that the movie referenced this book. I love that. That is pretty cool. That's pretty fucking dope. I didn't pick up on that, but yeah, that's great. You're welcome. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing that I thought was really clever in the in the movie was in, in the very beginning sequence when Sophie is, you know going around the orphanage and the headmistress or whoever the person was in charge wasn't locking shit up. She then mm-hmm. bypasses a dollhouse. And so I thought it was a really great way to show size and sort of like have her for a moment represent the giant, a giant form when she's standing looking at this dollhouse full of all these different rooms. And you're so right. And in the next and literally like the next moment there you, you have the BFG reaching his hand into the room i thought that was really nice and clever yeah okay good point um oh god another detail so this is something the movie did a bit differently and i adored it so when we first have the bfg and sophie sneak off to dream world mm-hmm. in the book and movie the giants wake up and start picking on him and like they're throwing him to each other but the movie adds this whole scene where basically the giant holding him and another giant walk up on either side, like there's they're in their valley, so they walk up on the hills on either side, and they have these discarded cars. Yeah. And they're basically putting him on one and pushing it down the valley, and the other giant's like standing on these two cars and riding those down the valley like fucking roller skates. Mm-hmm. And like hoping they'd crash or something, I guess, but I just imagine, like, how many hours the Giants spent just, like, hurling cars down hills at each other and crashing them. Like, it was so fun. I also, I, yeah, I, I really like that little addition. It, it, it was fun. Like, usually I'm not, 
I guess because it's al- it was already already supposed to be an action sequence. I I hate when they throw in unnecessary ones, but I think that, that it's a completely fine and necessary action sequence. So, um, and plus also it was great to involve Sophie because we're worried about her as well. So, she's stuck in the middle of this huge uh, conundrum of hiding away from the giants. So it was really nice. Oh, and let's talk about the other giants. Yeah. Um, because okay. one of the things I was excited about, we have Jermaine Clements. Mm-hmm. He's voicing the flesh lump eater. Yeah. Um, which is Big great. <laughs> yeah, you also have Blood Bottler, Butcher Boy, Bone Cruncher, Gizzard Gulper, Man hugger, meat dripper, child chewer, and maid masher. Like these are great mm-hmm. names for giants. <laughs> yes, they're they. I like for the most part all of their designs. I mean, I guess in a way they're not as grotesque as they're described in the book because they're supposed to be so horrifying that Sophie doesn't want to look at them. But it's fine. Uh, I do wonder why. BFG, you know, he has this really fucking dope cave that he hangs out with. The rest of them just sleep underneath the grass. I know, yeah. Um, I guess it's... Which is really odd to me because it's like... They're also really afraid of rain and, and, and stuff and getting wet. Wouldn't they want to, you know, just be in a cave? But maybe they're just so fucking dumb and only the only thing that they care about is eating people that they don't think about it. I don't know. It's... It doesn't make much sense. I know. But I'd have to say I love how they had how they showed like the grass they pulled up to use as blankets. And then like at yes. the end, um, when all the giants are sleeping and like the army shows up, you've got blood bottler has like a patch of grass over his eyes, like mm-hmm. those, you know. I'm blanking yeah. on their name right now. Ah. whatever those things you put on your eyes when you sleep. <laughs> you mean you mean uh um. Oh my god, I was about to say eye patches, but those are single. Right. See. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh sleepy face masks <laughs> sleepy sleepy time face masks yeah i think it's just oh, face oh. masks right <laughs> yeah and someone else we like bill Hader is blood bottler oh and something cool i learned so you've got these a lot of guys obviously voicing the giants but they reuse them as like for different cameos so um Adam Godley's also one of the drunk guys at the very beginning that she chastises for being loud while children are trying to sleep. And mm-hmm. then a lot of these men are also some of the like court attendees when we're yes. in the palace. Yeah, I really like that. Um, also, step back for one moment. How dumb of a word is face mask? It's fucking <laughs> stupid. Mask already means it's going to be covering your face. Why do you need to put fucking face mask, like face in front of mask? It makes no, it's stupid. You never mask your chest? Uh, I mean, I, I wear a bra every now and again. <laughs> uh. 
I, you know, you're right. I don't understand. I'm going to start calling bras my nipple mask. There we go. <laughs> and then, like, my face mask is my, my sleepy eye mask. <laughs> oh. oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> but good, good point. All right, so wait. Another thing. The yep. endings. The endings are different. Yes. Here's what bothers me. Mm-hmm. In the book, I mean, obviously, it's a children's story. It's quite fantastical. The queen is really chill about some crazy shit happening really fast. Yeah. Obviously, that wouldn't happen that way, but it's okay. Let's barrel past that because it's whatever. And the end of the book is great because, like, you know, the BFG is now living at the palace. And so is Sophie. She's got her nice own little cottage and they're hanging out. And honestly, like the way you said, this could be set up for future stories where like, you know, they had to take care of all the giants in this one. But in the future, they're just like going abroad as like ambassadors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you could have some really fun stuff there. But like, that's cool. In the movie, the BFG just goes back to the giant land and she's still living at the palace. And she's like, it's cool. He can hear me. Which, if he could hear everyone all the time, he'd be losing his goddamn mind if his yeah. hearing was that good. So, like, in a way, in the movie, it's almost like he just wanted all the giants gone so he could just have the giant land to himself. <laughs> <laughs> like, was this just this protracted plan for him to just be the sole proprietor of this real estate? Like, what's happening? Yeah, I, I, I hate the way the movie ends because in the book too he's sort of he's so lonely because like he doesn't fit in with the rest of the giants and in the movie they have an addition additional child that he apparently snatched before Sophie and which I'm fine with it, I think it works but it's sort of like he's so lonely and like he just wants basically a friend and he wants someone to see how good of a person he is and someone to call him a big friendly giant at some point in his life and then in the end like the entire world loves him and they love his what he's writing and and who he is and it's 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 a nice sweet ending for the bfg and instead in the movie they're like nah you go back to your own damn country you piece of shit you're, you, you, if you want to fucking come to the UK, you got to fucking immigrate like the rest of them, all right? You have to go through the process. So it's... it's uh, I, I, I don't like the ending of, of the movie at all. Um, but like I said, I'm, I'm fine with the additional boy that apparently he snatched. I think it makes sense. But... Yeah. But at the same time, I guess in the book, it's supposed to be like, this is the first person who's ever seen me um, after who knows how old the BFG is because he doesn't even know. That's true. Uh, were there any other changes you, 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 you didn't like, Andre? I know you, I was just curious. I mean, like you, I was okay with the other child story. I think, I don't know. It, it added a layer, which I was fine with. I... I, I don't know. Like, I think it set up some changes to the plot. So obviously, in the movie, we also have the giants discovering Sophie's blanket and smelling it and being like, oh, there's a human here. Mm-hmm. We have to find her and eat her. 
But so here's my question though. It it also kind of doesn't make sense for them to be so obsessed with a human he's keeping where they're they're still going off every day and eating humans. So it's like unless they're just constantly insatiably hungry, why would you be hung up on the one human who's there? Especially um, when it's like a child and obvious and apparently wouldn't be that filling anyway. Yeah. You but so you've got like the BFG worried, so he drops her back off at the orphanages and leaves because they've added this whole element of all oh, the giants know she's there. But then she's like, well, screw you. I'm going to make you come back and get me. So she jumps off her balcony, which, OK, it was a cute trust moment at the same time. It's unnecessary. This might be messed up, but it's making me think back to when that child thought SpongeBob was real. And sadly died because he went in the ocean looking for Spongebob. I'm just saying, I don't think that'll happen, but I don't want children to be jumping off their fucking balconies because they think the BFG is going to catch them. And that's not the movie. It's not on the movie. I don't blame movies because, you know, sometimes these stories get get people a little twisted. I'm just saying, I feel like that was kind of a cheap interjection because Sophie goes back with him anyway and they smash around his place. It's It's a padding the running time. They wanted yeah. to make sure that it was close to two hours long. Hey, like, it's it's shit that fucking Disney does. Um, <laughs> where, like, it, they don't... I don't know the last time they've come out with a film that's, like, under an hour and 45. I think this movie was an hour and 58 with credits. But it's... It's stupid. I... I, I hated that moment as well like it's just i'm like it it's 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 sort of fucking up with the 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 story arc that's going on it's like instead of building up it's like oh we're gonna take a moment to move back a little bit and it keeps the story from progressing naturally and it's 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 bad writing it's absolutely bad writing and i mean steven spielberg's gonna do whatever the fuck he wants i know he didn't write the story but he could have directed it out of there or i guess maybe disney's too big of a company that you can't really fight them even if you are steven spielberg that's right we're ragging on disney again folks get ready (laughs) we'll always rag on disney disney deserves it after all the fucking shit they've done to ruin artists and and stuff and but i will say though like one good thing that resulted from this we do get a really fun scene of sophie sneaking around as the giants are all trying to find her yeah and like you know her riding down the like water shoot thing and her you know finding at the base of that tree where the other little boy used to live like that was oh yeah done that was fine until the moment that Sophie does see the little boy's stuff. And it's like, Sophie, you literally have these giant ass motherfuckers trying to eat you. And you're just going to stop for a solid like two, three minutes in the middle of this room to be easily seen. And just look at like the drawings that this, this kid made. It's like, nah, girl, you're fucking scared out of your goddamn mind because you're about to be fucking killed. You're not going to stop for some stupid crayon drawing on the wall. <laughs> oh. Yeah, girl, you're going to fucking hide underneath the bed or whatever. So, 
Yeah, it was a stupid fucking moment. But I did like the rest of I did like the rest of that sequence. Yeah. It was fun. And then so that's the other thing. The BFG, the way the movie set it up, he's okay with them sneaking around trying to find her. But as soon as those dreams start to get smashed, he's like, nah, enough is enough. I'm going to beat you with my fire poker. <laughs> and like it just doesn't make sense that that's what pushed it over the edge. Um, in a way, I could see it because think of it like he's been getting these dreams for who knows how long, like how many years he's been snatching up these dreams and, and putting them and labeling them. Like, think like if someone came in to your place and was like raiding and looking for something. But as soon as they start knocking over like the shit that you you've been you've been like some sort of work you've been doing for a long time it would push you over the edge i think true but it's like they're suggesting that another boy was here who got eaten and he didn't stand up to them then and now sophie might also get eaten and he's not standing up to them now but then the dreams get smashed and he's standing up to them yeah because the bfg doesn't give a fuck about the kids he just (laughs) he just no he doesn't like in the end like he just he just wants to make sure that that giants aren't known by the rest of humanity Uh, you know like he's gonna try to keep her around for as long as he can i think he i think he knows down inside like this girl's gonna fucking die at some point like you know she keeps she keeps trying to run off she keeps doing this shit she's gonna fucking die (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, uh, he he's already had that first one die, at least in the movie version. And, uh, you know, what's he, another one? Yeah, it's, he's come to terms with it. And like he knows some down sometime down in the future, there'll be another kid that sees him. He still has to take him back. And, you know, he can protect them for about a week or two until the other giants find out about it. And, you know, that's that's just life. That's just There's nature. Plenty of children. That's just that's just fucking Charles Darwin natural selection shit right there. And we can't stop it. True. Kids gonna fucking die. <laughs> and so the other thing is, when he snatches her, he's worried about one thing, which is, oh shit, I did yank you from a family, and she's like, no, nah, I'm an orphan, and he's like, well, that's kind of a relief, I guess. I took you from a bad place, but like, the previous kid, did he have a family that forever wondered where he went because this giant basically kidnapped their child? <laughs> <laughs> and like, oh and yeah, child definitely. Dies, so he kidnapped and indirectly helped this kid die. Well, you know, it's just it's the price <laughs> you gotta pay. So yeah, you have the fucking queen who had a dream about the 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 giants coming and devouring children and whatnot, and you know, then like her maids like, hey, the kids disappeared, but you know, it wasn't giants, and she's like, yeah, I know, giants ain't fucking real, but then. <laughs> She doesn't believe it until there's there's a little girl named Sophie on her, her freaking ledge. So, you know, I don't think a child saying, hey, I saw giants, mommy and daddy, uh, is going to be believed. You know, kids see wacky shit all the time. Kids are just basically fucking hallucinating all the time. So, you know, <laughs> you, can't really, you can't really count on kids. Yeah. You know, actually... Speaking of the queen, too, that was a nice little detail they had when she's calling foreign leaders. And she gets on the phone, and you're like, oh, who's she calling? And she says, hey, Nancy. And I'm like, no. And she's like, what's Ronnie up to? Well, wake him up. And it's obviously, like, the Reagans, um, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. Like, 
gives you a timeline too, I guess. Yeah, and Boris. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which I was just like, oh, in my head, because it's the UK, I, th- I was thinking she was talking about Prime Minister Boris Johnson, but no, it's more she's talking to Boris Yeltsin. Yeah. So, yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, I'm kind of... I'm glad they didn't... They didn't, uh, like, try to make this story, you know, take in present time. Um because also, what would you... I feel like more people would see fucking giants with cameras on their phones everywhere. Yeah. People just take Snapchats and be like, hey, I saw this weird thing in the dark. And this person would be like, I saw a weird thing too in the dark. And then, you know, it just completely ruins the story. Giant uh, conspiracy TikTok would so be a thing. <laughs> yeah. Also, this is the 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 first... I think no. I guess I guess the Secret Garden still took place in the in the UK, right? Um, I was about to say I think this was the first one where it didn't get translated to uh, an Americanized version. But even though it was Steven Spielberg directing it and Disney had control of it, they still kept it in the UK, which is nice. Kind of glad they didn't change that. Yeah, same. But yeah, you know, for all our New Zealand friends, apparently. You guys taste like... What did they taste like shit? Boots. <laughs> Boots. And then Panamanians tasted like cats. And they loved the Swedes because they tasted sweet and sour. And oh, so that's another fun detail the book had and the movie didn't incorporate is like all the gifts they got um, at the end for mm-hmm. like getting rid of the giants. So the Panamanians sent them hats and the Swedes sent them like these barrels of sweet and sour pork. <laughs> like it was all really apropos and cute. Mm-hmm. And and turkey people taste like turkey. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it was a, I, I wish they had done that little fun sequence of talking about what the different people taste like. And jerseys taste like pullovers or, or cardigans. Oh, yeah, and they sent them a bunch of jersey pullovers. That was cute. <laughs> oh, I like little silly things like that. It's, it's fun. Um, and who tasted bad? Someone tasted bad. Oh, uh, shit. Who was it? There was just like a certain uh, one nationality you do not want to eat. Uh. I'll look it up. Which I mean, I wouldn't want to eat a New Zealand person if they taste like boots. Oh, people from Greece taste greasy. <laughs> yes, that's what it was. It tastes like grease. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, so, so there is exciting news. Um, I hope they pull it off. But apparently... Netflix is going to animate all of Roald Dahl's stories. Jesus. All right. I know. Um, so that's going to be fun. Charlie and the Glass Elevator, here we come. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, so I guess then we'll have to re-record. Or, you know, we could do like a special episode like with the stuff we've already covered. And then maybe we'll, yeah, we'll do Charlie and Chocolate Factory, tie it all in. Although honestly, there's two adaptations already of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It merits its own episode. And honestly, I'm down to watch both because they both have oh, some same. goodness in them. Um, mm-hmm. But I got it. I got it. A Gene Wilder and the OG and the beautiful. Like, I'm sorry. I love it so much. Oh, yeah. But but in both versions, fuck Uncle Joe. <laughs> exactly. Fuck oh, God. And I'm so glad that became such a thing. And John Mulaney did a Joe, bit. Sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah. A great bit on why Grandpa Joe sucks. <laughs> yeah. 
Worst worst character ever ever made. <laughs> Literally the villain of the entire story. <laughs> uh yeah, so I guess that's the BFG and, and good old Raw doll. Yeah. Um Yeah. That was it was it was fun. Like I said, not my favorite story in the world, but it was still it's still good because it's fucking raw doll. But yeah, so uh, what what uh, what what are we doing uh, uh, uh next week, uh, Andrea? Bro, no, this is bad because I finally I wrote them all down in my planner, and I don't have my planner because I'm house sitting for my parents. Uh, I don't even remember what our theme is next month. I feel so bad. <laughs> you mean technically this month? We we're in a new month. We are in a new month. Um. Fuck, we decided name? to do one more children's book because why not? Um, we were doing uh, coming of age stories. Oh <clears throat> fuck yeah, we are. Okay, this is a very exciting month. Um, you know what? Let's just start off with perks of being a wallflower. That's our next one. Okay. Where if that All wasn't right. the order, we're changing it. It is one of my favorite fucking novels. You should read it. You will laugh. You will cry. You will adore it. Um, the movie's great, and Emma Watson does a terrible American accent. Be here for it. <laughs> Uh, so basically what you're saying is that next week we got to do the entire podcast in horrible british accents to make emma feel better i'm down we might lose the uk (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um we can try (laughs) because i have the worst british accent and i will do it i will do it I I'm the kind of evil that thinks I sound okay, and then to people from the UK, they're probably like, "Please stop." <laughs> uh, cool perks of being a wallflower. Um, that'll be fun. I haven't read it, so actually, I don't think I've read any of the books that we we're doing for the coming of age. So it'll it'll be an interesting month. Looking forward to all this. Yeah, we've but, got uh, some great. We've got some great things. We've got um, the hottest book ever written covering this month, Call Me By Your Name. Oh, my goodness. Be excited. <laughs> I know I am. <laughs> I'm looking for it. Some good old, good old boys kissing. Mm. Bro, mm. we finally get to incorporate some, everyone's some favorite um, beautiful boy, Timothée Chalamet. It's that time. All right, all right, all right. So yeah, I would all be dreaming about. Thanks yeah. for joining us again. Thanks for, thanks for coming. And uh, as always, if uh, you know you ever, if you ever, you ever feeling lonely like the BFG, just just come on down and contact us at one of our social media accounts at at Literati Confirmed at on Instagram or Illiterati confirmed at gmail.com you know if you're feeling lonely just 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 send us a little message and and uh we'll reply and a limited time offer if you contact us within the next 48 hours we will come kidnap you like the bfg and then Mm -hmm. we'll go do drunken karaoke together just let us know and we'll keep you forever because we don't want anyone to know that we exist (laughs) we're just computerized voices (laughs) <laughs> we're just ai we're, we, we, we've been lying this entire time <laughs> we'll use our robot shell bodies to come pick you up don't tell elon musk or he will terminate us but in the meantime this has been fun <laughs> <laughs> cool um yeah we'll see y'all next week
Yeah, see you then. In the meantime, read a fucking book. Make sure it's Perks Being a Wallflower. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, Magister. Oh, Moniker. Oh, Ruler of Straight Lines. Always come with my little friend, Sophie, to give you a... a... To give me what? Assistance. Thank you. I'm sure you have, but not in my dressing gown. <laughs>